Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here today and also want to welcome those of you who will be listening to this later on, either in our call-in number or the podcast. Uh, today is the 15th Sunday after Pentecost, um, and the first Sunday in September, and even though this year has been a year, it does feel like it's gone by a little quick. Um, now that I've said that, it's going to drag on. So um, I'm going to hand everything over to our liturgist this morning, uh, Leslie, and she's going to tell you about all kinds of fun stuff. Good morning, church family. Hope everyone's doing well this wonderful day today. Uh, we have lots of announcements, a lot of special thanks as well. Um, our rummage sale, just to recap, if you haven't heard, it was a huge success. We brought in over $6,200 this year. That was, that's awesome. And if my memory serves me correctly, I think we were closer to 5000 last year, so pretty big increase. Speaking of the rummage sale, if you donated a table to let us borrow, please make sure that you pick it up as soon as possible. Another big thanks for everyone who donated school supplies. We have a great assortment of supplies that we get to deliver here this year. Pop cans and bottles, if you have any that you would like to donate that we can return, uh, please put them in the choir room for now. We have a lot of bags that are waiting to be returned. But thank you to everybody who has already donated. Plastic caps. Yes, we are still doing this. I know it sounds like we've been doing this forever. We've been doing this for almost a year now. But we're still going strong. In fact, Luann, every Sunday after children's time, she is in the kitchen with all of the, the youngsters, cleaning caps, sorting, weighing them. We do have more room if there are any adults that would like to participate, though. Cookbook. We are still putting some recipes together, so if you have anything that you would like to add, please hand them to our greeters on Sundays. Garden help. With our garden, we have some great veggies coming in already. In fact, after worship this morning, we will have a bin uh, if anybody would like to donate. However, helping with the garden, it does need some love and care, so feel free to come out on Tuesday mornings at 9.30 if you would like to help with that. Other little bit of help that we are looking for is for some housekeeping work around here. So if anybody has a couple of hours, a few hours each week that you can help donate your time for our cleaning help around the church, that would be great. Our food pantry, that is coming up this Thursday uh, with Phyllis. She is still looking for some specific items, though, such as jelly, mustard, ketchup, uh, hamburger helper meals, boxed potatoes, canned carrots, mushroom soup, paper towels, uh, toilet paper, and cleaning supplies. And I don't want to hear an excuse. It's not 2020, so there is still toilet paper out in the stores. Uh, for now, yes. <laughs> uh, we did recently have a funeral here at the church this past weekend. In fact, it was um, just yesterday on Saturday. So huge, huge thank you to everybody that came out to help with the luncheon for that and the funeral service. Um, a lot of people always pull together with these types of events and they wouldn't go off without a hitch if it wasn't for your help. So thank you so much. Also thank you to those who donated dishes uh, for the luncheon itself. Uh, if you have a dish, remember to pick it up here after service. 
We also have some cake and brownies left over from the funeral service. So if you'd like, I know Linda has everything boxed up in to-go containers. Feel free to swing on by the gymnasium on your way out and grab either some cake or some brownies to take home with you. In honor of 9-11 next week, Martha, our wonderful piano player here, she is going to play some patriotic songs for us about 15 minutes before service starts. And she'll also have song sheets to hand out as well for anybody who would like to sing along. All right, we have a couple of special things. Uh, one is a handwritten card from the uh, Clinton Township Public Library. It says, Dear Garage Sale Crew at Clinton UMC, thank you so much for allowing us to select which leftover books we could use for our book sales. It greatly simplified our work. We hope you were able to find a use for the other items or recycle them. On behalf of the board, the staff, and all members of the Friends, we are most thankful. We hope your sale was very successful, which it was, and we wish all the best to you and yours. Sincerely, Pat Stirk for the Friends of CTPL. All right, this one's awesome. All right, regarding our steeple and roof repair, we received a letter from Midwest Energy and Communications saying, Dear Clinton UMC, Congratulations on, uh, congratulations, on behalf of Midwest Energy and Communications, I am pleased to present you with a uh, Building Vibrant Communities Grant Award in the amount of, drumroll please, $2,000 for your project. We received, yes, we received 26 eligible applications totaling over $122,000, and yours was one of 12 grants awarded. So that's pretty awesome. That's, that's great news here. And the rest is all stuff that you guys don't have to worry about. <laughs> all right. Other than that, let's go on to some of the upcoming events really quickly. Uh, let's see here, September 7th, that is Tuesday, we do have line dancing, also the farmer's market. There's only a couple of farmer's markets left, so if you haven't been yet, feel free, go out, take a look at it, it's from 4 to 7 on Tuesdays. We are also having a praise him sing-along, so bring a chair if you want to come and join the ladies at the farmer's market on Tuesday. On Wednesday the 8th, we have a blood drive from 1 to 6.45, September 9th. We do have the food pantry, as I mentioned. Also, um, some super exciting finance and ad board meetings at 6 p.m. Uh, September 12th, next Sunday, Sunday school starts again. I'm so excited because I get to enjoy service a little bit more without having to pay attention to my youngsters. <laughs> I love Sunday school. Thank you to the teachers who do that and volunteer for that. I appreciate you. All right, and lastly, we have September 23rd, our fundraiser committee meeting at 10 a.m., so feel free to bring some ideas if you have any ideas for how we can uh, drum up a little bit more revenue. I got two other quick ones. Um, Tuesday at 4 o'clock is the staff parish meeting for those of you on staff parish, and 7 o'clock we'll be having a worship and education meeting focusing on Sunday school. Um, Hopefully you, the people who are on those committees have already been seeing the emails on that, but if you have any questions, let me know. All right, let's get to some worship. If you would all join me in our call to worship. 
Blessed are those whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. They are happy for the Lord declares them not guilty. And there is no deception in their hearts. Let us worship and rejoice in the one who is our hiding place and our refuge in times of trouble. And please stand, open your hymnals to page 131 for our first hymn, We Gather Together. Please join me in our opening prayer. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. If you would join me in our prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same intention. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has finished with sin. So as to live for the rest of your earthly life, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. You have already spent enough time in doing what the Gentiles like to do, living licentiousness, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you no longer join them in the same excesses of dissipation. 
And so they blaspheme. But they will have to give an accounting to him who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was proclaimed, even to the dead, so that though they had been judged in the flesh, as everyone is judged, they might live in the spirit as God does. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love, conquers a, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift of with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. Please stand and open your hymns to six, I'm sorry, 369 for Blessed Assurance as our second hymn. Amen. 
please be seated. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm chapter 32. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Selah. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Oh, it's still my turn. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to go sit down and let uh, Pastor take over here. All right, we are going to have our affirmation of faith, so please join with me. The grace of God has dawned upon us with healing for all the world, and so we rejoice to declare our faith in him. We believe in God the Father, who has revealed his love and kindness to us and in his mercy saved us, not for any good deed of our own, but because he is merciful. We believe in Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us to free us from our sin and set us apart for himself. A people eager to do good. We believe in the Holy Spirit, whom God poured out on us generously through Christ our Savior, so that justified by grace, we might become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Amen. This is how the earth praises God, giving thanks for God's abundance. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks, and the valleys deck themselves with shimmering fields of grain, sharing their bounty with the rest of creation. We too are to worship God by being abundant and fruitful with our lives, offering up our yields as if they were songs of joyful praise. Let us worship God now with our time, our talents, and our tithes as the ushers come forward to collect the offering.
Please rise as you are able and join with me in singing our doxology. God, most merciful and gracious, of whose bounty we have all received, we ask that you would accept this offering of your people. We pray that you remember in your love those who have brought it and those for whom it is given, and we ask that you follow it with your blessing, that it may promote peace and goodwill among all peoples and help to advance the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated, and it is time for our youth moment. I invite our children and youth to come Grab a seat in one of the chairs up here, and I will meet you there. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Everybody awake? You excited to go to school tomorrow? You don't have school tomorrow, it's Labor Day. See, so you got one more day. So, do any of you guys play any sports? What, what sport do you play? Basketball. So, how do you know how to play basketball? But how do, how do you know that? Did you just wake up one morning and you just knew how to play basketball? So how do you know how to play basketball? So somebody, somebody taught you how to play, right? Okay, that's fair. Um, what other kind of stuff do you guys like to do? do you, does anybody here play an instrument or sing? Okay, well, how do you know how to do that? You're making this tough on me, you know that? <laughs> All right, let's try it this way. So, when I was younger, I played soccer. Do you know how I learned to play soccer? <laughs> how did you learn? I had somebody teach me. I had a coach. And he taught me and the rest of the people on our team how to play soccer. And you know what we did every week? We had practice. And we would all get together in a soccer field, 
and we'd practice. We'd run drills, and we would practice passing the ball and kicking the ball. And in theory, we got better, some of us more so than others. Um, who's your favorite musician, artist, singer, person? You don't know? OK. You guys are killing me. What about you? Do you have a famous favorite musician or artist or group that sings songs like on the radio or YouTube? Who is it? Who? Ryan? Oh, okay. Okay, so do you think that Ryan just got in front of a camera and just started doing stuff, or do you think he had to take time to practice to learn things? Yes, he makes videos. So where I'm trying to go with this <laughs> is that when there's something we like to do, whether it's sing or play an instrument or maybe play a sport or a video game, the way that we get better at it is by practicing. There are very, very few instances in this world of people who can just pick something up and start doing it perfectly. I know of one instance, I had a friend all the way from junior high through college who was what they call a natural athlete. And he had never golfed before, and we had to go golfing for part of our gym class. Don't ask me why. And Pastor Michael is not someone who will ever be on a golf course other than driving the golf cart. Uh, but Tommy, Tommy just walked up to the tee and swung and hit the ball about 200 yards the first time he ever did it. That's not normal. That doesn't happen 99.9% of the time. Normally for us to do something really good, we gotta practice and practice and keep working and getting better at it. So, do you think that's true of other stuff other than like sports and music or video games? Can you think of other places we need to practice? Nothing? What about, what about when we talk to God and we pray? Could that be something we could practice? Yeah. No? I don't know. I think it could help. Because, you know, I know some adults who if I say, hey, could you pray as we start this meeting? They'll tell me, oh, oh, no, no, I, I, I'm not very good at praying. And so Pastor Michael has decided he's going to just tell them, okay, well, you better start practicing because you're going to do it next time. Okay, you better start practicing. The point is that for us to get better at things, for us to grow and learn, we practice. In, your, in school, you guys might practice writing your letters or practice writing your name or practice drawing shapes. And the reason your teachers have you do that is so you can keep working at it to get better and better. That makes sense? I've got my eye on you. 
All right, so here's, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys this week, through your whole week, try and think of something that, that you are practicing, whether it's something at school or at home or whatever. And I'm going to ask you about it. Doing what with your Legos? Yes, that is practicing. But the more you build and the more new things you try, the more cool things you can make, and that's still called practicing. <laughs> I'm not going to win that one. Yes. Oh, wow. Awesome. I'm coming over to your house to play. All right, so I want you guys to think this week about something that you practice, okay? And I'm going to ask you about it next Sunday, okay? So, so think really hard. Throughout your week, you can even write it down. Ask, ask an adult if you need help and, and write it down and bring it with you. And I'm going to ask you about it, okay? Can we do that? I know your grandmother. You're going to do it. Do you think you can do it? We're just going to assume he's agreeing. All right. Normally, we would do the Lord's Prayer, but we have communion later today. So we're going to do the Lord's Prayer a little bit later on. And Miss Luann is not here this morning, so um, I don't think there's any work on bottle caps. So you guys can go hang out with your, uh, your people that you came with today, but don't forget to get a sucker from Miss Leslie. And if it's okay with your parents, you can have two, but only if it's okay with, with the adults, because I don't want to get in trouble any more than I normally do. All right, thank you guys. That was like pulling teeth. Tough crowd. Okay. This morning, for our prayers of the people, we are going to again have a call and response like we have the last few weeks. It is actually printed in your bulletin. Um, when I say the words, gracious God, you will say the words, hear our prayer. So let's practice. Gracious God. Hear our prayer. Perfect. All right, here we go. This morning as we offer our prayers for the world and for ourselves, we will share in moments of silence, allowing us to reflect on the needs of others and on our own experiences. As we reflect, it may be that God will speak into that silence and help us to understand the world and our lives in new ways. We remember creation breathed into life by God's Holy Spirit. Places of beauty and brilliance, places of grandeur and spectacle, 
places of extravagant diversity. We pray, creating God, for places damaged and degraded, for people scraping a living from land made fruitless by human greed. Help us to live sparingly and to care for creation. Gracious God, hear our prayer. We remember humanity breathed into life by God's Holy Spirit. People of beauty and brilliance, people of gifts and grace, people of extravagant diversity. We pray, healing God, for all people whose lives are diminished because of their health their mental well-being or the health or mental well-being of another in their lives, for people facing the stigma caused by misunderstanding about mental illness or other health concerns, for people struggling to find help when they need it. Help us to be welcoming, helpful, and more aware of those things that make for physical and mental well-being for others and ourselves. Gracious God, hear our prayer. We remember the church breathed into life by God's Holy Spirit, a community of beauty and brilliance, a community of love and compassion, a community of extravagant diversity. We pray, inspiring God, for denominations working out how to be one family, offering an effective witness to your love in the world, for churches with projects that offer help to people struggling with their health, their income, whatever may be holding them back, for ourselves and people and our families and community who need to be understood, accepted, and loved. Help us to be willing to change ourselves and inspire to change the world. Gracious God, hear our prayer. In the name of Christ, amen. amen. Christ put or sorry, Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. If you would please join me in our prayer of confession. Holy One, we long to be faithful stewards of your abundant grace, to serve each other in love and humility to serve our world with wisdom and energy. Forgive us when we stumble over pride, when our words and actions are not guided by love. Turn our hearts when we act in folly. Restore our energy when it is gone. Sometimes, many times, O God, our efforts fail. But your abundant grace is strong and eternal, and forgiveness is ours through Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession.
Beloved children of God, the saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with God, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the expiation of our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our next hymn is number 598, O Word of God Incarnate. And please rise as you are able. seated. I apologize before our prayers of the people uh, for not going over our prayer requests. Um, 
We have prayers uh, for Wilda Hawkins. Uh, she was in the hospital, but she is now in rehab in Celine at Old Hospital at 140 Russell Street. Um, and there's a phone number here. Um, she'll be there for at least a week. She would love calls and visitors. The center she is at allows for visitors right now. Um, and also please keep Paul in your prayers as well. I will uh, give this information to the office. So if you would like that number um, before Tuesday, um, come and see me right after the service and you can copy it down. Otherwise, the church office will have it. Uh, we also have prayers for Martha's grandson, Nick. He tore his right knee ACL. Um, and it was the very first, uh, his very first high school football game um, this year. It's his senior year, so surgery will be at a later date. But um, knowing an ACL tear, he probably will not get to play the rest of the season. Uh, continued prayers for Fred Bauman um, and Shar from their car accident. Um, continued prayers for the family of Nancy Warren, who has passed away. Continued prayers for Dee Warner and her family. She is still missing. Uh, prayers for Hannah Boley, Luann's 18-year-old granddaughter. She is having knee surgery on or she had knee surgery on Tuesday, so healing mercies that that all has gone well and she is beginning what sounds like is going to be a long recovery. Um, prayers for Connie Ferguson. Um, Cindy, Connie's 45-year-old daughter from Arizona, passed away in April, but we just learned of this recently. So prayers of comfort for Connie and her family. Uh, prayers for Luann's daughter, Crystal. Um, prayers of comfort are needed. Her grandmother has uh, passed away on August 15th, and then uh, her husband, Dean, his young nephew, who was only 17, passed away in a car accident the day before that. Uh, continued prayers for Sheila's friend, Mike, who was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, prayers for Luann's nephew, Corey Jordan. His mother passed away. Uh, we are also asking for prayers in your bulletin. You will see an entry for Del Roberts. Um, Del uh, passed away. Um, so prayers for her family um, as they are going through this time of mourning. And then prayers for Sheila's uh, aunt's Lucia, she has fallen three times in a 24-hour period and is pretty banged up. Um, and this is Sheila's mom's last sibling. So prayers for comfort um, and healing. And I think that is everything unless there is something else that we missed or just came up recently. Um, All right, our final scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. This section is headed, Teach Sound Doctrine. But as for you, what is teach what is consistent with sound doctrine. Tell the older men to be temperate, serious, prudent, and sound in faith, in love, and endurance. Likewise, tell the older women to be reverent in behavior, 
not to be slanderers or slaves to drink. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, chaste, good managers of the household, kind, being submissive to their husbands, so that the word of God may not be discredited. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, gravity, and sound speech that cannot be censured. Then any opponents will be put to shame, having nothing evil to say of us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would join me once again in an attitude of prayer. O God, you command us through the disciples of your son, Jesus Christ, to teach sound doctrine and to teach with integrity. You commanded that we show ourselves in all respects of our lives to be models of good works. We ask you now to clear our minds of distractions and bring your peace to our hearts that we may now receive your teaching. And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So this morning we're beginning a new sermon series called Back to School where we're going to be focusing on teaching and what we find about it and the witness to it in the Bible. Over the next four weeks, we will look at some of the different teachers in Scripture and some of the critical messages and commandments about teaching that we find there. Well, the NFL season begins Thursday night as the reigning champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers face off against the Dallas Cowboys. But since the Lions aren't playing their first game until next Sunday afternoon, I guess I don't need to rush through the sermon for this morning, right? Just kidding. Besides, I know that there are some fans from or four other teams here today, and many games start at 1 o'clock, so I promise I won't take too long. You will be home in time. And as much as it makes me feel like a bit of a hypocrite, for having enjoyed six NBA championships in just eight years during the Jordan dynasty, I will say that I might be pulling a little bit for the Cowboys on Thursday night as I'm getting kind of tired of Tom Brady and seeing him in the Super Bowl and winning it most of the time and that perfect smile and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, for the last several weeks, these teams have spent hours upon hours practicing for this new season. Players have battled for their positions and some just to make the roster. Practice is an essential part of the game. It is through practice and repetition that players hope to get better and excel at what they do. And for some, that hard work and practice pays off with a contract and a roster spot on a team. For others, though, it doesn't always work out that way. There are only 53 roster spots per team, plus 16 additional practice players, and there are only 32 NFL teams. That means that there are only 1,696 full-time playing spots, or just over 2,200 if you count the practice players, in the whole league. That is anywhere from 500 to 900 fewer people than the entire population of Clinton according to the 2019 statistics. So 
actually, the almost 1,700 to 2,200, that number is in the ballpark of the total attendance for our annual conference meetings of the Michigan area of the United Methodist Church. Biggest difference is we don't typically wear pads and helmets at annual conference, although I've heard there were years that it might have been good to. But for these players who make the teams, they can call themselves NFL players and feel proud of that distinction. But the importance of practice is valid for more than just athletes and sports. Any of you who are mus musicians out there, or behind me, because I know at least one behind me, but you know what kind of time and dedication one must commit to getting better and reach a level of confidence in performing. My sisters both played instruments from junior high through college. One played French horn and the other played bassoon. And their hard work and dedication kept them in first or second chair for their entire playing careers. And I can remember them spending countless hours almost every day practicing and practicing. They both ended up receiving college scholarships for their playing, so I guess the practicing definitely paid off. And to this day, they can both still play and call themselves concert musicians. During their college careers, they got to travel to many places in this country in front of large crowds. They even recorded a CD um, their entire orchestra, their wind symphony. Even in our hobbies, practice is essential. I know that practice has been crucial for me and one of the former hobbies that I love of lapidary art. It can take years of practice to really become good at cutting and polishing stones, knowing where to cut, how specific stones react to the grinders, specifically things like obsidian, that if they get too hot, they explode. Discerning the angles of which to work to get the best results, the best colors and designs from those stones. I started doing lapidary over 20 years ago. Granted, I took some breaks during that time. But I would still practice on random pieces of stone that I had no specific plans for or intentions to make into something just to get better, to be more confident before starting a new challenge or a new piece of work. Practice is essential, and because I did practice, I felt confident in calling myself a lapidary artist. And I am currently trying to do the same thing with a newer to me hobby of photography. I am taking the time to practice and to learn to get better as I go, hopefully. Having a camera in my cell phone does make it easier to practice some aspects of photography almost anywhere, but given the choice, I would prefer a dedicated camera that allows me more control over the picture-taking process. Now, as we look at our third and primary scripture reading for today from the book of Titus, we hear from one of Jesus' apostles a fundamental commandment about teaching. Now, what does teaching have to do with practice? Well, bear with me a moment. I promise I will work to connect the dots. In our reading, the very first verse says, teach what is consistent with sound doctrine. Now, that raises a question a lot of times. You may be asking yourself this. In our world today, 
Which doctrine are we talking about? The United Methodist doctrine? What about the Catholics or the Lutherans or the Baptists? They all have doctrines. Which doctrine is sound? Which doctrine is correct? Well, in this situation, the apostle was focusing on the doctrine of their time that Jesus had been teaching to the disciples and that had been spread by the disciples and the apostles. So the important thing here is that the apostle is telling the people about what they had been taught by Jesus. Now, if we go further into the scripture, there are many things outlined about how different people should live and what they should do. And in that time, those were appropriate things for them to be teaching and to follow and be faithful to. Now, would those same things work for all of us in our world today? Absolutely not. That passage for a lot of people has been used as a way to oppress people and keep certain groups in line, so to speak, and prevent them from having the same rights and freedoms as others. If you were paying close attention, the women really get the short end of the stick in that passage. Um, doesn't talk about the men drinking too much. It blames that on the women. And talks about all the things women should do, and the men get like three things. And like I said, in that time, that was the culture. In our world today, those same things don't all apply in the same way. But the specific things outlined here are not what I want us to get caught up in this morning. Take a look at the last two verses of the reading. It says, show yourself in all respects a model of good works, and in your teachings show integrity, gravity, and sound speech that cannot be censured, then any opponents will be put to shame having nothing evil to say of us. Here, the apostle is making an important, a very important statement that we need to address. Show yourself in all respects a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity. Yes, the passage does go on after that, but we're going to focus on this part for right now. The apostle is not only telling the people to do good works and be moral and faithful people, but also to show integrity in their teaching. Or in other words, practice what you teach. You cannot teach with integrity if you do not follow your own teachings. The do as I say, not as I do model doesn't really work well. The people needed to practice what they were teaching to others. And what were they teaching? They were teaching others about God and about Jesus and how to live Christian lives. I think that applies to us today as well. We cannot call ourselves Christians if we don't live our lives according to the teachings of Jesus Christ, can we? And we cannot try to teach others, whether our children or friends or other people we might come across, about being Christians if we ourselves do not live into that reality either. So again, we have to practice what we teach. And if we do not practice living as Christians, we cannot really call ourselves Christians then. If I don't practice and actually 
do photography, I cannot honestly call myself a photographer. If my sisters didn't practice all those years and perform with their instruments, they could not call themselves musicians. If athletes do not practice and play the game, they cannot fairly call themselves athletes. If that wasn't true, if that wasn't reality, then I could just walk up here and say, hey, I'm a heart surgeon. I've never taken any medical schooling. I've never performed an operation on a living being or, or a dead one other than the frog in biology. So I can't just call myself a heart surgeon, can I? There's no integrity or honesty there. I might want to be a heart surgeon really, really bad. Truthfully, I, I don't. I'm not real good with the whole guts and blood and I like when that stuff stays inside you. But even if I did really want to be a heart surgeon, just because I want to doesn't mean I can say that I, that I do and I am if I've never actually done it or practiced it. We have to remember to practice what we teach. Jesus commanded us to love our God and love our neighbor. And he did both of those things. He showed that through the sacrifice of his life for that of creation. He loved God and gave himself to save the creation that God loved. And he loved his neighbors, all of humanity, and gave his life to save us from sin and death. Jesus was practicing what he taught and preached. He also went out and told his disciples and the people about being a good neighbor like you've probably heard in the story of the Good Samaritan. Go out, help the people in need, care for each other, love each other. Jesus did that too. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, he made the blind see and the lame walk and countless other miracles and signs of love. Jesus truly practiced what he taught and preached. And that too is what we must do. We need to practice what we teach. It is what I must do. I cannot stand up here week after week and tell you about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the messages we find in Scripture and, and encourage you to take a call upon your heart if I then leave here and go and do the exact opposite of what I just shared with you, I too must live by the teachings of Jesus. I too must love the Lord my God with all my heart and soul, and I too must love my neighbor as I love myself. Because if we don't, if we don't ourselves practice what we teach others about God and God's love for the whole world, then we teach with no integrity. We teach one message, but live by another. And you see, when you teach someone something, you are in reality actually teaching them two things. The first is whatever you were trying to teach them in the first place, whether it's about God or a mathematical function or how to play an instrument. That's the explicit message or lesson. But the second thing that you are teaching them, which is implicit, relates to you following what you just taught. 
Because if you teach someone something and then go and do the exact opposite, you are essentially teaching them that what you just tried to teach them, the practical thing, it doesn't really matter. It's not important. If it was important, if it did really matter, you would have followed your own teaching, right? How can we go out to share the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ and God's love for the world if we don't embody that same love and live out our faith in authentic ways? As Christians, we are called to be Jesus to the world. Part of how that happens is through what we teach the world about Christ and Christians, both explicitly and implicitly. If we tell people that Jesus ate with the outcasts of society in his day, he hung around with the people that society viewed as the least, as less than. But then we refuse to share our own blessings with others. What are we really saying? I know I mention this a lot, and I apologize, it's just continually such a good example, but look at our food pantry. We collect and shop for food to help those in need. And then Phyllis goes and gives people the food. We don't hoard it away, keep it just for ourselves. No, we are practicing what we teach, again, both explicitly and implicitly. Explicitly, we are teaching people to give to help others when we ask for donations for our food pantry. But implicitly, we are also teaching them that it is a good thing because we then go and give that food to people who need it. We are explicitly teaching the people who come to receive the food that God loves them, that we love them, we love them enough that we're going to try and help them in what ways we can. And implicitly, we are showing them that we stand behind and live into that reality. We are practicing what we teach. I'd like to ask you today and as we go along through the series to think about all of the titles or identities that you have. Mother, father, grandparent, child, teacher, engineer, musician, athlete, whatever they might be. And then I want you to think about two of the most important ones, if not the most important ones. The first, that you are a Christian. And the second, and more importantly, you are a child of God. I pray that when we leave this place, and always, that we practice both of those things, being a Christian and being a child of God, with integrity and faithfulness, and that we practice what we teach. Amen. I'd like to ask you to turn to pages 15 and 16 as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who look for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. And what that means is that, at least during a normal time, not a pandemic, that table would be where I would be standing with our elements. 
And that table doesn't belong to me, to this church, or even to our denomination. That table belongs to Jesus Christ and he alone. And he has invited everyone to come and partake. It doesn't matter if you're a member of this church, a Methodist, a member of any other denomination. It doesn't matter your race, your age, your gender, your mental or physical ability. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, young or old, baptized or unbaptized. All of those ways we try and break ourselves apart, we try to divide ourselves, those boxes we try to cram people into, he doesn't see any of that. Jesus sees us all as beloved children of God, all equal and worthy of being, of love and mercy and grace. All he asks for you to partake in this sacrament is to come with an open heart. This morning, as we prepare to receive our elements, there are two ways you can choose to do this. You can do intinction, which is a big word that just means you take your bread, you dip it in your juice, and you receive your elements together. Or you can eat the bread and then drink the juice. They are both acceptable. Neither one gets you a, a higher grade in the grade book. And there really isn't a grade book, so you really don't need to worry. Whatever is in your hearts, whatever feels right to you, is good with God. Brothers and sisters, the body and blood of Christ given for you and for the salvation of this world, please receive your elements. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our closing praise song this morning is by a group called King and Country. The name of the song is Proof of Your Love, and the lyrics should be in your bulletins. Just like every other week, feel free to sit and listen. Feel free to join in singing, to get up and stand in your pew, to get up and dance and move however the Holy Spirit's moving with you this, this morning, whatever feels right for you. I ask that you do, if not during the song later on, do read through the lyrics. This is, like the others, I think has a very good message. Sacrifice, so oh, let my life be 
Beloved children of God, go now into the world inspired by the extravagant love of God. Live generously with open hands, loving one another as if your lives depended on it. Be good stewards of the gifts you have received so that God may be glorified in all that you say and do. And may the abundant love of God surround you. May the extravagant grace of Jesus Christ sustain you. And may the constant presence of the Holy Spirit inspire and encourage you in every good deed and word. Amen.